You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Before we get into the review today, you all know what we're reviewing because you clicked on this episode. I wanted to say congratulations to Eric and myself because starting our eighth season today with this review. Whoop. Hey, congratulations. Good for us. Is it really eight seasons? Yeah. That seems, you know how um, the older you get and someone should say, hey, remember a few years ago? And she's like, no, Jordan, that was five years ago. Jordan, that was yeah. 10 years ago. It's like, all right, well, this is where we're getting to in movie guys world where you say eight seasons and it's just like, well, man, we've been at this for a bit. Yeah, we've been at it for a bit. Um, we're almost, uh, what, we have syndication, but we're almost to friends territory here. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe we should start advertising the show. Yeah, maybe we should, like... I think we're, like, how much your mother territory right now. All right. Probably. Well, I mean, as long as we're not getting to, like... Uh, uh, like, what, what's some F... Uh, is it F Troop? No, Gunsmoke. No, yeah, I don't want Gunsmoke. No, but I just I just wanted to start the, start the show off today with just... When you, the audience, listen to this review, we will be celebrating our eighth season. So I just wanted to congratulate not only myself, but Eric, for eight seasons. We are happy that we've given you guys eight seasons, and we give you eight more. Well, so here's to all of you. And cheers to you, Jordan. We, we're mm. taking sips of our coffee uh, together. <sighs> anyway, today we're talking about Barbarian. Eric, how the hell are you doing for the eighth year? <laughs> I'm excited to talk about Barbarian. This is one of those. This is a great movie. Uh, for I think 2022, this has been a great year for horror. Um, we've done a lot. Uh, some that we have reviewed and some that we have not. Um, of course, we didn't talk about the scariest movie uh, this year, Hocus Pocus 2. Maybe we'll get around to it. But close second, Barbarian, um, and maybe some other ones as well too. There's just uh, a lot to talk about. This is two different movies wrapped into one, and this is why. Um. I'm excited to talk about it. Also because one of the few movies, uh, well, I guess I like to go in cold for a lot, but mm. this is one of those where I saw the trailer. I said, okay, sure, put it out to the side. If it comes around, I'll watch it. I'm glad that's all I did. I was just get that like half a trailer watch. We put this on cold, and that's that's how you watch it. That's how you watch a lot of these movies nowadays, right? Just because trailers right. give off too much. Well, also, I, I feel like we were kind of duped because – the big horror movie that was mass marketed a lot that had all the trailers was Smile. Smile was the big one yeah. just this year. You know, that was the one that everybody was supposed to go see. However, this one was made for $4.5 million and it has grossed almost 50. Yeah, this one has so, grown by, uh, by word of mouth. Smile was a lot of uh, marketing, a lot of budget uh, for PR moves there. Uh, this one kind of seems to be working on, on the rumor mill. Um, just kind of like, uh, a lot of movies did as of old, what was the paranormal activity, you know, the ring. Yeah. Where it really just grew on people saying like, Hey, or six cents. It's like, Hey, you got to see this movie. Yeah, no, this is, this is good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So going into this movie, if you had just seen a trailer, I don't know what you were expecting, but, um, it starts like any other classic, right? On a dark and stormy night. So I want to ask you a few questions. Um, first of all, Eric, for our knowledge here, you are a Detroit person. You live in the Detroit area. Is this area real or is this or is this made up for the movie? Uh, so the street, yeah, yeah, that's an actual neighborhood. Um, there is okay. a lot of blight in, in Detroit and there are streets, a lot of streets that look like that in, in Detroit. Um, that being said, you, it's not like it's just an oasis and then there's this, you know, like there, there's probably a big area, a, a greater area that looks like that is overgrown, you know, not taken care of. So for her to get an Airbnb there, um, I would question that one, uh, because you're probably just not going to get an Airbnb there. Like, you know, what I mean? like, that would be sketch if you're looking on the app or on the reservation and just see like just one dot in like this greater 15 mile area. And there's just like one there that's available. And then there's so many other available in so many other areas that are nicer. Um, it just seems unlikely that 
this house is getting double booked. Um, but yeah, there are neighborhoods like that. It's it's a one-story house. Those are cookie-cutter house, cookie houses. I would say that there's probably the uh, west side. Um, yeah, just factory okay. houses. I was just curious if, if that if that neighborhood, not the street, because clearly we go back in time, so it's a set. But it, I didn't it know got if the this look, neighborhood. Like right. I, I'll I'll give them that. Like the um the one street light, like at the end of the block, is is accurate. You know um the way that the houses look. Yeah, there are areas that that look like that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it. That house though, it is questionable. Though right. um, I will say that, but I guess you know people don't go we'll get there, into and that's that's the fable right. of it. But no, I mean a usual Detroit house is like in that area. They're gonna yeah. have bars in the window. They're gonna have a steel door, bars in the you know door. They're gonna there's gonna be a lot of um, add-ons to the house, <laughs> a lot of maintenance, a lot of modifications to the to the house, and not just some pretty pick uh, picket fence uh, house. Well, this is well, this is why I asked the question, and we'll get into the movie here. Um, but this is the only time I'm going to have a big swear, everybody. So caution. Here we go. This whole movie is about a giant fuck-up. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, like, later on, so I'm going to go above. I'm not going to spoil stuff right now. But I'm just going to go all over the place just for a minute. The reason why this movie is, is a fuck-up is because the reason why it's double booked is because we find out who owns the property later. He calls the people that's in charge of his property that's supposed to take care of it, and they can't answer his questions. And he even asks them questions. Where's the maid service? That doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This is why all this has happened, because negligence and not giving a crap is what starts this kind of thing. That's the way I took it. Um, also, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that'd be like, right. well, well, that wouldn't happen. Well, that wouldn't happen. Well, that wouldn't happen. Is it, you know, like... Th but I think that, it would. Well, go ahead. Uh, well, no, to have your house, your property, be represented by three different companies um, for rental companies, it, I, it's it's probably not going to, to happen, one. Um, for you, the property owner, to have a house... Um, how did he get that property again? Like it just—he's he's from the area because uh, when he gets into town, um, he eventually gets a phone call from a friend, calls his friend a, a derogatory word, and says, "I'll meet you at the bar." And he goes and has drinks with his friend at the bar. Yeah, those are like kind of those those little um, yeah. Uh, this movie tells you everything. Little visuals of who he truly is—his real character. Right. Kind of a thing, uh, but yeah, still, how he gets his property and how he is the management company that represents it—it's just like a lot of questions. You're telling me that you had this property, nice property, in the middle of this random house, in the middle of of ghetto ass Detroit, and uh, your company that you are supposed to be um, have make you money has not been renting this place out for what they say months, weeks, weeks, months? weeks. It was it was two weeks after um, the two characters begin the beginning, which we're going to talk about soon. All right. Well, continue on. Yes. Let's look. Okay, so let's talk about it. I don't want to confuse people. So I don't know what I'm going into this. I'm pressing play. Now, to give you guys an idea, we are recording this the day that I watch this on HBO Max. You guys can check it out. Dropped my daughter off at 830 in the morning, came home, made some coffee. I'm starting this before nine. So this is a great movie at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> and uh, we get uh, this girl, Tessa. Tessa shows up at this you can't really tell this area. It's a neighborhood. She pulls up to this yellow house. She's knocking on the door. She can't get in. There's an outside keypad that she knows the number to, but she can't open it up. She remembers, gets the key. She can't get the key. There's no key. All right. Eventually, lights turn on. Right. It's raining. Right. And all of a sudden, here comes Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård himself. Right. Yep. I love Zach uh, Krieger, Kreger, Krieger, the director of this movie. He knows how to shoot tents. Because when Skarsgård opens the the house in the middle of the night, he's disorganized. He's you know he's not awake. He was sleeping, and he immediately gives off creep, and she's creeped out by him. I love that. Yeah, I love, because it sets a mood. We as the viewer are are creeped out by this because we're introduced already to this unsettling situation where she's supposed to be in this Airbnb. It's in a bad area. Um, and she's kind of a lot of questions, you know, right. she's in her head. Like, why, why am I here? Who, what, what's going on? And yeah. And then we find out that, um, yeah. Also, uh, 
late at night and it's raining out, so you're limited on visibility choices, options of everything. And then the usual horror movie kind of checklist comes out. You know, you, right. you meet the stranger and then everything else just kind of falls into place. Oh, I can get... Uh, oh, how did you get here? All oh, uh, I got here by doing this. Oh, I got here by doing this. Um, oh, I can get another place. Oh, you can. There's a there's a convention in town. Everything's booked. I tell you what, you can stay here. You know, just a right. very kind of like don't worry about it. It's safe. Let your guard down, type of thing. Also, it's it's kind of um, unsettling that he seems uh, at once asleep, but now he's he's up. He's caught his second wind, and he seems eager to uh, have her attention. And that is that's creepy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, Keith Keith is played by uh, Bill Skarsgård here, and she walks into the house. She doesn't really want to. She's kind of creeped out, and she says a very smart thing. She goes, "Can I see your paperwork about renting this Airbnb to make sure this is the same date?" One thing that I will say to people as we continue on when you listen to this review, this movie is asking you to watch this a handful of times because this movie tells you everything you need to know. You just need to pay attention. This is not a Sunday morning movie. Like, they say little things. Meaning that she, uh, the reason why she has this Airbnb in this crappy part of town is because it establishes, he says in the scene, that there's a convention in town, some medical convention. You ain't going to get nothing. That's probably why she got this Airbnb. She probably saw the pictures online and went, oh, that looked like a cute little house, right? Doesn't see anything else in the neighborhood, right? So he's very nice. He turns out to be a nice guy, but you're kind of on edge, right? And then I also love, too, she scopes him out without him knowing it, right? She goes, I have to go to the bathroom, and she checks his bags that's in the bathroom. And she even goes into the bedroom, right? And she finds his wall and she takes a picture of his license. I think she's going to Google it or something. Like, this opening is getting me. I mean, she is not a dumb movie, horror movie girl. Right. It's it's has you on edge because right. you know what to look for. And she seems to also know what to look for. Yeah, she's smart. A lot of these common horrors. This is um, very unsettling, too, because uh, what we see as a horror probably is very much a normal situation for for many women in the you know and she even points it out too like uh yeah. as in the movie if the genders were flipped in this situation and she was in the house and some stranger man showed up at her door raining when it's dark out and says oh i double booked the airbnb she's gonna slam the door in her face that's exactly what she tells him yeah because she takes uh well she just take a shower but she gets washed up he's a nice guy i'm talking faster i'm sorry i gotta calm down this movie i'm really enjoying it no it, it, it um, but it plays to the yeah. to advantage though that that we know in society as you know um uh, jordan peele does the same thing in a lot of his movies where he plays to the to the social stereotypes and the norms that that we live in and um it's a good commentary like that's that's what yeah. i think a lot of that's what separates movies and film. Well, which is what I think this is the latter. I mean, like, I I think that this director uh, loves this kind of genre, and I can't wait to see more what he does. Um, but, you know, she gets freshened up, you know, and, and Bill Skarsgård's like, hey, I'll get the couch, you get the bed, that standard stereotype kind of thing. Oh, no, no, no. But there's other things that he says that kind of gives you red flags. You know, he... He says something and she kind of disagrees and he's like, no, there's no discussion. I'm going to do this. Now I'm presenting it in a creepy way, but it would be something like, I'm going to go outside and get your bags in the rain. And she's like, no, I can get it. No, no, no. I got it. There's no discussion. It's like, oh, that's kind of controlling. Okay. All right. What's that all about? Yeah, little very, little breadcrumbs. Very persistent and right. the, the uh, authoritative uh kind of loner male definitely in this new situation is going to be kind of like oh whoa, whoa okay you know a little aggressive uh but i liked it because especially this this whole character of keith because every turn of uh our our dialogue and, and scenes uh with him we're looking to we're, we have him under a microscope we're oh, looking yeah. at everything every move every word you know just every action that he's doing mm -hmm. um and we're really really looking at it and it turns out that uh the more we look at it, the more like all right well he's not really all right well that makes sense okay right. well that checks out uh, all, right. all right well i guess that may you know it's, it's every part that you want for it to to kind of 
uh, I don't know, had there be some sort of justification for that this guy is being the bad guy, it, it doesn't work. It's like, all right, well, he, the story works. Uh, the reason why everything uh, of why he's here and the paperwork and everything, everything checks out. Oh, I guess this is just a mistake. I guess this yeah. is just a by chance thing. And we even get the next day. We even get uh, them having a, a well, a, an okay night. You know, it actually turns into kind of a date where they almost, um, well, something almost sparks. You know, like can I tell you that? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but can I tell you that I see a lot of myself in Bill Skarsgård in the scene because he's being nice. I'm not a jerk. I'm a nice guy, right? So I'd be like, "You want some tea?" And I make tea, and they don't drink the tea. And then she comes out of the bedroom, Eric, and you, you could so see me saying this has an unopened bottle of wine, two glass, and be like, hey, look, I know you were going to drink the tea because you thought that I poisoned the tea, but I didn't poison the tea, so here's an unopened bottle of wine to prove to you that I'm not going to poison you. Like, I just love that little part. I just love that. I, I just, like, that's perfect acting. Like, that's exactly, I can see myself and other guys that I know are like that. Right, like, he's like he's considerate. Yeah. Like, it's like, he knows the rules, too. He knows with the situation that they're in, and he's trying to accommodate or at least as best as he can and again right. that's where you know you as the viewer or uh, in tess's shoes are, are trying to be hyper alert here and just look right. for the flags and just like oh well i guess there are holy crap there aren't really any right and kind of what made him bond was that she's in town for an interview for a documentary filmmaker who made a movie the previous year about jazz and he goes what's the name of the movie and she said the name of the movie he goes oh yeah i've seen that she said, Tess is like, no, nobody has seen that movie. And he describes the movie, and she instantly then has a connection with this guy. And everything kind of makes sense. This is the nicest house on the block. He's a part of this Lion's Den group that goes around to neighborhoods in the Detroit area, I would, I would say, and tries to fix them up and build communities. And that's why he's here, to kind of scope it out. That's what I took. That's what he does. Yeah. And and she really likes that a lot. So I'm liking this couple. Yeah. I mean, I think these two are great. I like their chemistry. I like how they're feeding off of each other. This is really, really good. Then we get crazy stuff, right? So she goes to he goes in the bedroom with her. He's fun, goofy, shows her how to do the sheets. Haha, <laughs> fun, playful. And he, you know, a little she bit goes, of heat there, a little bit of yeah, a little bit of heat. You know, they're kind of looking at each other, and I'm like, oh, please don't have sex. I didn't want them to yet, right? I was just like, oh, don't do that. Well, they had the fu eyes. They did. They did. Well, you know, the bottle of wine F they share. Me eyes. Oh my. And you know, he's like, I'm gonna go sleep on the couch now. Deuces. And she shuts the door, but she doesn't lock it. That's one thing that I noticed too. Again, not to repeat. If you watch this movie when you're listening to this review, people. Pay attention to the littlest things. When she first enters the house, they make sure to have a close-up of her locking every single door she goes into, right? At this part of the movie, after the bottle of wine, she shuts her door, but she doesn't lock it, and she falls asleep, right? Then in the middle of the night, she's woken up to her bedroom door open, and Keith is having a nightmare. He's, he's kind of thrashing around um on the couch but why she's trying to figure out what's going on with them and the background there's a door that we have never seen opened and it slowly closes by itself Whew. now i have a question knowing what we know not spoiling a darn thing at this point in time we see that door in a few scenes from now slowly close by itself it's kind of like on that weird hinge kind of thing did something open that or was that just maybe he was because because you heard noises was he sleepwalking because i don't think what we know later in the film something came up and started to look around yeah well but what right? that says exactly but what that says to me in that shot where she's in the hallway and you get to see it in the back uh again very classic uh kind of visual plays with perception it tells me that there is a third party in the house that there's something else something ghostly maybe an actual person we don't know there, there's but something you, else no. but obviously keith is has an alibi and it's it's not him it's not him so before we go on so you do agree with me though that what we know it 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 was not walking around it was just so happened that maybe he maybe keith himself was having a 
nightmare like sleepwalking probably right no 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 you think that it was walking around oh yeah most most uh certainly i think it was walking around i think that um okay yeah that uh, um the uh that the base the third part yeah okay i was just curious what you thought because i don't think so so we'll get into that so we go into the next day right keith wrote her a little note she's safe she survived the night you know what also, what a perfect love story to tell your grandkids, you know, Tessa and Keith. Oh, we met each other mistakenly by an Airbnb and fell in love. Like, I was hoping that for these two. I really dug them. Yeah. And he wrote a little note saying, hey, I'm out doing my thing. Good luck in your interview. Please leave the key and the little key latch thingy outside. Deuces. She does her interview. And she, when she walks out of the interview, the lady says, where are you staying at? And she tells her this bad part of town. And she's just like, has this fear on her face. I don't think this woman knows the fable of what's going on in that neighborhood. I just think she's probably like, hey, big guy, that's not a place to go. Yeah, that's what yeah. Uh, most locals around here would, would do. If, if you came up to me and said, hey, I'm staying in this part of town, I would say, ooh, uh, you know, I, there would be a lot of questions and most certainly an offer to be like, okay, let's, we can get you in a new place. You can come stay sure. with me if you want. <laughs> like, there's got to be other options. But yet, most certainly there are there are some rough spots where if you heard somebody was, was got an Airbnb there, you, you would, you would, yeah. It, yeah. Because it just doesn't make sense. And this, this person really, uh, um, who's it, the documentary lady? Yeah, it was a documentary filmmaker she was talking Catherine to. or something like that? She Fine. was just like, ooh, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, she would have the same reaction as, as probably anyone around here. Be like, gee, like, what the, what the heck are you doing over there? Yeah, uh, don't go there. <laughs> to have somebody even to... But obviously she seems smitten. Like, she wants to go back because of Keith. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a thing. Um, but Keith says we'll see each other tonight. Yeah. But man, I, I don't know. Like, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, it's broad daylight. And, like, she had to leave that area, too. Like, it's not, it's not like a glowing area around that. Like, the, you know, it's it's all of it is just, uh, I don't know. What, what is she thinking? Well, I don't think she was thinking, you know, because we don't know much about Tessa, right? We don't know really wh where she comes from or who her family is. We just know that she was excited to see her favorite, I'm assuming, documentary filmmaker have an interview, possibly work with her, and she needed to get there as soon as possible because she arrives in the middle of the night. Who arrives in the middle of the night? Because that's one thing that we tend to forget. When she tries to get into the door in the beginning of the film when Skarsgård's already there, it's in the middle of the night. So I think she was just frantic, booked, let's get. And I will add, that is a nice-looking house. I wouldn't mind that house. It looks nice inside. Sure. You know, so it looks, it probably, she was like, oh, it looks cute. So she drives back home, not home. She drives back to the Airbnb. She seems kind of smitten with Keith. You're right. Keith is doing his thing. She pulls into the driveway and in the background, you see something running towards her. And then it gets closer and closer and this guy saying, ma'am, ma'am, right? And she's freaking out, which every right should be. She gets inside the house. He's like, don't stay in the house. Don't stay in the house. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So then this is where she sees the door and goes downstairs to the basement. Also, FYI, another little thing that I found interesting is across the hall where the basement door is, there's a washer and dryer there. But when she went downstairs to the basement to get toilet paper, there was also a washer and dryer there. She's in this Michigan basement, no pun intended. That's, that's, and that's what it is. That's what it is. For people that don't know what a Michigan basement is in this area, it is a half basement, half crawl, pretty much. If you want to think of it, that's the simplest way. It's just a normal basement. She sees this rope, though, right, that's coming through a wall. She pulls the rope and it opens up this door, this hideaway door, right? And she goes down this hallway. Never go down the hallway. As soon as that door opened up, I'm out. I'm she, out. She noped. Yeah, she was, oh, yeah, she didn't know. But she eventually goes into the room, and she sees this one room that's straight from Split. She used the mirror. She used the... Yeah, what was with the mirror? She uh, didn't have any... She, her phone was upstairs, so she couldn't use a light, I guess. And so she used the mirror to reflect the basement okay. light. 
down the hall to where she saw, I think, the doorknob there. That wouldn't be enough for me. No. Uh, that's no thank you. Um, even like a hallway is a big hell no. Uh, I've seen a many a Michigan basement where a room like that is is in there, and it's just like a cold room. Um, not anything big, you know, just a separate little extra little storage area. I wouldn't even go in those. Like yeah. th- those things are are creepy. They smell bad, and uh, that is creepy as hell to go at, at the end of a hallway and see a room like that with bad light and video camera with and- a bed. Yeah, yeah, a stained bed, yeah. It's just like, uh, no, that's, no. That's run back and bust through the door crazy. That's, I'll, I'll break the window crazy. Like, I don't know why they, there's even more hesitation for her. Oh, because she hears Keith, right? She hears yeah. the, uh, the uh, Keith yelling, and then the secret, another secret door, because um, one isn't enough, mm-hmm. next to the crazy dungeon uh anyway a uh opens up that door a slide door at the end of the hallway that goes down a a carved out cave steps that lead down now this was a great shot i thought because it was almost i thought it was symbolic and we can go back to this this whole uh the judgment thing about film and everything because if she looked one way it was the tunnel towards the light and if she looked the other way, it was the stairs going down. Yes. Yes. Kind of a kind of a nice yeah. little little symbol there, uh, you know. But uh, Keith, yeah. Keith gets in, and, and Keith, Keith Keith is striking me as maybe a doucher, maybe at this point, right? Because the one thing about this movie that I really enjoy is that you have people that claim that are innocent, that are good people. You get to know these people, but then the true personality kind of comes out. We'll find that later on with another character. That's the theme of the movie, huh? Right, because one of the things that I realized, like Keith was so nice and so sweet and so caring and so understanding the night before. But then when she actually gets face-to-face with him, she's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. In the basement, there's a camera with, with stained bed and a bucket. I'm out. I'm out. And he's just like, hold on. I didn't see anything. I'm like, Keith, come on, Keith. You were so nice the night before. What's going on, bud? Like, why aren't you listening to her? Yeah. Like, uh, this, the other thing is, is her being frantic and the man not listening to her, which happens a few different times in this movie as well. Right. I mean, like, this, this kind of shows his character of maybe he was being nice. Maybe ultimately he is a nice guy, but there's that piece of him still. So he goes downstairs in the basement. We don't see him. And eventually, Tessa goes down those steps. You don't go down there. No, no. Uh, great job on the sound, by the way, of having the faint. Yeah. Help me. Yeah, um, if you have a sound bar at home with a subwoofer like me, uh, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is perfect. I, I like how a lot of these movies are really putting in sound. Um, but where uh, uh, we talked about Smile, how it highlighted sound a lot in that movie. Uh, this movie highlights visual Yes. This movie is a, definitely a visual uh, movie. It plays a lot with lights and darks. Yeah. Um, it, it does a, a great job with it. And a lot of great shots were uh, just from the, a tunnel shot, from the, like this blue glow, the ring that you could see that outlines uh, the, the, the border of the tunnel, uh, the cave that, that goes through. It's, it's great. Um, I, I think I like that. Um, but yeah, movies that a lot do that. They play with the senses. We got a lot like um, other movies that take it away. Like, uh, was it Bird Box? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't Breathe, which is another Detroit movie, which we might have to compare that. We, uh, we didn't bring that up at all, too. That's another movie set in Detroit based on a one solo house on a street uh, where it's one crazy guy they're living in there. And some weird stuff goes on in the basement. Well, you know, I, I, I think the reason why we don't talk about Don't Breathe Eric is because I remember this time last year, you and I were so upset with Don't Breathe 2 that I think it's just out of our psyche. You don't make the villain the hero. Anyway. Um, well, let's see what movie. happens with Barbarian 2. That's a bad movie. So anyway, she's in this tunnel. You're here to help me. Eventually she sees... It's terrifying. I mean, I'm watching this. like I, I The reason why I brought up the time that I watched this movie is because usually when, I, when you watch a movie like this at night... Like your psyche kind of messes with you. 
It's nine o'clock in the morning. The sun's out. The birds are chirping. The windows are open. I'm good. No. I mean, like, this this, this cave, these tunnels are cr creepy. And all of a sudden, we see Skarsgård laying there. You're like, what the hell? And all of a sudden, this big, like, woman from, like, well, it You see some, some cages down there, too. You see cages, and you're just like, what's going on? This you see big the, the room. You see the, oh. Oh, that, oh Again, man. beautiful light. Where it, the whole thing's dark, and you just see that glow, a, a like color a glow. Pink. Yeah. Pink, yeah. And it, it just it smells in there, and there's Skarsgård, and then this big naked woman shows up, grabs Skarsgård's head, and just slams it like it's mush to the side of the wall, and stands up, and you're assuming it gets Tessa and Black. Now, before we go on, I will say that before we reviewed, I did look up this movie, and Zach Krieger, the director of this movie, He's not a known director. He's a known actor. He's been in a lot of mo a lot of TV shows, uh, stuff that I've seen, right? So he's made other films, but nothing to this scale yet. Um, he said in an interview that this was the end of the screenplay. Like, I mean, like this was it. Oh, really? It was. Yeah, this. He was going to have this naked woman show up and grab Tessa and end of movie because he was like, he didn't know where to go with the twist. He didn't know where to go with it. And then like a year later, he started to work in the second part of the movie where we get a new character. Uh, yeah, he's he's known from uh, The Whitest Kids You Know. Right. I think more popular. He's one of the one of those ensemble boys, right? Yeah, he was in the movie College. And, you know, he's in, he, he does a lot of movies that he's acting in. Um, but anyway, so movie cuts to black and you're thinking, okay, this movie's an hour and 40. We've already gone almost an hour into it. What's going on now? Boom. I forgot. Maybe because I didn't pay, pay attention to the credits because I don't think he's in the opening credits. And also, um, I didn't pay attention, I guess, to the trailer. We get Justin Long in a convertible in <laughs> Malibu. I was so happy. And I'm going to tell you why I'm happy. All right. I'm going to go on just a short rant about Justin Long. I love Justin Long. And it's all because of Jeepers Creepers. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, because that movie came out like what? Oh, two, oh, three. So I was like a sophomore junior in high school. Yeah. I saw that movie in theaters. I don't know who Justin Long was back then. And I loved him. Derry was his name. He will ever for no, he will ever go down for me as the most stupid, stupid, more stupid, stupid. It's not a word, but the more stupid, uh, horror victims of all time. Hey, sister, let's go back to the thing that the thing was putting things down a tunnel. Let's let's go back, right? Like, so everything that he pops up in, I just enjoy him because of that role in Jeepers Creepers. Like, I loved him and accepted. Uh, hell, we we just reviewed him with Clerks Three as well. Um, you know, I just oh, I love him in um, in um, uh, the breakup. He was the receptionist. He does these little roles. So that's my rant. Herbie I just fully like... loaded. I know you love him in there. <laughs> I just like Justin Long. No, no, I, I, I'm there with you too. I liked him. Uh, I was introduced to him in Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah, that's right. He was in Galaxy Quest. That yeah. was Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I don't think I, I saw Jeepers Creepers immediately. I think it was um, Dodgeball after that, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Waiting. Waiting is good. I, I've, I've always enjoyed Waiting. I still watch that movie. So after that, he's, yeah, and he's just kind of done a bunch of other stuff. Uh, uh, Accepted was yeah. a, was a fun college movie with him and because uh, like Jonah Hill was in that one too. The big Jonah Hill, uh, yeah. um, Idiocracy. You know, kind of he's done done a lot of those movies. So yeah, he's he's a fun guy. I like him. He's I really fun. like him in Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, um, I enjoy him. Yeah, which you could, could kind of compare this movie to as this this horror comedy because this first part is scary like this first part is great tension building this this first part really has you on the edge of your seat going this is a hard cut and now we have this part coming the other movie the comedy part of this movie is is now started with justin long right. and yeah. i think he's a good person for it he doesn't sell it kind of any other way um just like drag me to hell where he can seriously play the jester he could do you know who was originally sought after to play this role before we get into the story of justin long uh but then turned it down so then they got justin long zach efron oh 
Um, the script called for like this, not this muscle bound guy, not like a gym bro guy, but a guy that's kind of like that. Not somebody that was kind of like realistic and down to earth kind of guy. I get you like a, like a Chad bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They wanted a Chad bro kind of guy. And then Zach Afron turned it down. Like a frat, maybe. Yeah. So then they went to Justin Long. So Justin's long story is he is not connected to, to Tessa. He's not connected to Keith. He doesn't know who these people are. He's in California. And he's a producer, he's a writer, he's doing something for a for a pilot, for, for a TV pilot show. I don't know if he's an actor, producer, writer, I don't something. know, he's something, something. He's walking out and, the sunshine and then he gets a phone call. Yeah, he gets a phone call and the sum of the sum up the phone call, uh, it's they're firing, the production is firing Justin Long because um, a co-worker is accusing him of rape. Yep. And immediately... And go with me on this later on. I'll come back to it. I was initially like, ah, oh, not Justin Long. No, no, no. This this woman that's accusing him is crazy. She just wants attention. No, Justin Long didn't rape nobody, right? He's being accused, right? You're on the you're so on the, the man side. Yeah, the man side. Right. There's there there's a reason why people I'm being like that. I'll come back to it later. So uh, then we go to his financial advisor, and his financial advisor is like, dude, you got like three months, and then you're gonna be flat broke. And um, all of a sudden, Justin Long's like, well, I own a bunch of Michigan properties. So, you know. Yeah. So then Justin Long flies to Detroit, gets a phone call from his lawyer. He's, and he's looking at his, taking his assets. Right. And his lawyer, he's talking to his lawyer on the phone, and he gets into a rental car, and the lawyer's like, what do you mean you're in a rental car? He's like, I'm in, I'm in Detroit. And I, <laughs> I love his lawyer. By the way, the director is the voice of the lawyer. Nice. Um, I love the lawyer because he's like, what do you mean you're in Detroit, Michigan? And I was like, yes, yes, compared to Detroit, Texas. Yes, of yes, course. I'm in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, he's going to his rental property. So I know why that this, that this house looks so good, right? It's because Justin Long has the money for it, and he hired this company to take care of it for him. And it's the nicest house in the block because he wants to make it look that good. Doesn't, that doesn't make any, any like no? I I mean I, what, what I mean whatever. But in that area, uh, uh, just look around it. You know, like there's vandalism, and if there's nothing on the windows protecting it, there's gonna be people breaking into that. Like hands down, especially on that on that area, that side of town, that's West Side. You know, that's uh, it's yeah, it's that's rough, man. Like you know, I know it's not like Highland Park, but you know, that's people are gonna probably take advantage and, Eric, and break in. Eric, you're telling me to have belief that they should do that when we're going to talk about a movie with caves upon caves underneath Detroit. So there's the thing: is that like <laughs> obviously it's a marked house where the locals know not to go there, right? You know, so I, I would I would think that uh, that might be a thing too. So when you talk about how the um, the film lady uh, was cautious about it, like is it because of the area, sure. Is it maybe that there's Fable of the House? Maybe we'll get more of that in the sequel. Um, it seems that uh, we, because we also get a flashback we get into, uh, of the house that we'll talk about too. Um, and so maybe this has been going on for, for a bit. Oh, yeah. So, so Justin Long gets into the house and uh, he realized somebody else is living there. He's pissed off at squatters, right? Squatters are living there. And, um, which would be very common, uh, but not yeah. something with people with luggage. It would be probably those homeless people outside, uh, most certainly. That's another thing, too. That homeless guy running up to her to test probably wouldn't happen. Homeless people in Detroit, they they usually just squat, they usually just hit. So, they he probably would have just hung out on the house, waited for her to get here. Right. Uh, she's the only car on the block, by the way, too. Where was Keith's car? I'm asking questions. Go ahead. Yeah, you're asking questions. I mean, like, this movie does get sloppy a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of questions that I have that I'm going to get into, but, um, so Keith, uh, calls the, the business that's in charge of his property, tries to figure it out. Eventually he gets a phone call from his buddy and he says, very, <laughs> I couldn't believe they said what he said in the movie. Um, but he was like, Hey bud, I'll meet you at the bar. And I'm still, I'm still team Justin Long here at this point. I'm still team Justin Long. Until he goes to the bar with his friend. Eric, you have had this conversation with your friends. Maybe not this exact conversation, but the way the director filmed this, you can tell he's not that far from our age. Because his jerk of a friend is talking like every friend that I talked to before in a bar. 
Now, hold on now. Let me let me be real. Let me be real. Now, listen to me. Listen to me now. Okay, let's be real now. <laughs> I, just, I was giggling, Eric, because I'm just like, oh, my God, this sounds like something that I've that I've heard before. And Justin Long, he says to his friend, Justin Long, did you actually rape this woman? And Justin's like, all right, for real. All right, truth. She kind of said no in the beginning, but you know how persuasive I am. So eventually she turned around. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard, unfortunately, as I can admit, as a college guy, I've, I've heard this before. Right. So here's my question. That doesn't mean that he's guilty. But now that makes me kind of, like I said, audience, go with me. Like that kind of makes me take a step back and go, oh, wait a minute. Uh oh. He's, like, a, he's a douche, man. Like that's, that's he's a what douche it is. Bag. Like we, when I when I hear that, that's just like in any part, it's just like uh, that's I don't know that when you know I get that he's persistent, you know, but for him to you know, there's one thing to to try to woo a person, you know, and enchant somebody versus trying to I don't know creepily hunt at them and and get in their pants, which yeah. is what he's doing. You know, he's he's you know, uh, foaming at the mouth every time he's, he's talking and he's just like, I'm going to get it, you know, um, and he keeps on pushing himself. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's, uh, it's just gross. You know, it's just, yeah. Does this make him look guilty or does it make him look more suspicious? It, it makes him, it doesn't make him look innocent. No, it doesn't. Uh, I, I would think that, uh, um, no, it, it's, well, there's probably more to the story too that he's probably downplaying it. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's but, just, he, but either yeah. way, like the, yeah. the highlight of that is supposed to just that uh, we are not supposed to be on his side. No, no. Well, I don't know if we're supposed to be on his side, but I just think that this movie's again little details. This movie's showing us little things that we. But we should know. This is like like a confirmation because before when we first heard about it. Uh, you had the inkling to think like, oh, all right, then well, let's let's hear the full story, and now you did hear the full story, and it's like, all right, well, I I got my judgment now. Right, absolutely. So now we're judging, and then he goes home and he does the one thing his lawyer told not to do: call her and leave a voicemail. Drunk, and dialed, yeah. Drunk dial her, and he wakes up the next day. He's fine, right? Nothing's happening, uh, which makes me still believe Eric that the woman in the basement was not around walking around the house on, on night one because he slept in the house with no issues. Right. That's, you know, so I'm thinking that she wasn't walking around, but then well, he she, wakes up. Well, she's got a baby. Well, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Justin Long wakes up the next day. He gets sick for too much drinking and we get the whole basement stuff and him going down. But let's talk about the past. So we so we jump back. Now, I didn't know if I saw a year. So I Googled it and we're supposed this movie's supposed to take place in modern day 2022. We're we're supposed to be jumping back to 1981. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to be jumping back to. And we get a guy, an actor, Frank, who lives in this house, very, very uh Pleasantville kind of neighborhood, right? It's the same neighborhood as modern day. It's bright. All the grass is beautiful. Of course, I paid attention to the grass. All the houses look nice. Frank walks out of the house. And this actor I've seen many of times before, Hannibal Rising. Not a great movie, but I remember him in it. This is this is a guy that just plays slimy. I've seen this actor many of times. I think he was in the Tremors movie, right? No. I never seen him in Tremors. Pretty sure he was. Was he? Oh, probably. I mean, not I guess, uh, one of the newer ones, uh, the yeah, Shrieker right. Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be him. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this guy plays everything, and he goes. He's going to a convenience store. He's in the monsters to, to get a bunch of stuff, and we quickly realize this guy's a stalker because he's finding out this one woman. So let's let's go ahead, okay, Eric? Because we've already great camera work, by the way, during this. Yeah, uh, a lot of follow shots, a lot of third person. Um. It looked it looked real cool. Like it it gave the movie a flavor. It did. It kind of reminded me a couple of the shots reminded me I'm going really really uh, pretentious here, but it kind of reminded me of uh, the movie Elephant. Sure. Okay. You know that's a very pretentious movie, but uh, but let's just get into it, Eric. Let's talk about what we're talking about. 
So we go back in time because we find out that there's this guy, Frank. Throughout the movie, we are told that this was Frank's house. He was a serial rapist. He would take women, kidnap them, put them in the basement, rape them on camera, and then they would give birth, and then it would just be generation of generation of incest. And then eventually he has this gigantic... Well, well, it's his daughter, but it's but uh, Tessa calls her the mother, right? And she wants to be a mom. That's what this is. This is no scary ghost. It ain't no crazy person. This is just years of inbreeding. That's what it is. Yeah. Is it you, um, gross of me to ask to want to see like the the a, a tree? Yeah, no, yeah, because I want to, because that's some of the questions that I have. A, the first question I have is, did he, did Frank build all these caves himself? And one, if he didn't, yeah. right? One would think uh, it, it was him, right? Why is he living in the caves, right? And what happened to all the children? Yeah, um, well, this is uh, something that maybe was said before, the homeless guy. Uh, is his name Andre? I yeah, think Andre, that's... the homeless guy. Okay, that Andre had said before, where he's like, "That's not the worst thing that's down there." Now yeah. he may be referring to uh, Frank himself, or he might be referring to um, multiple uh, creatures that are living underneath there. I don't think so. I, I think more I think than it's... one cage there. Right, was more than I just because we don't see any bodies. Maybe movie guys logic, mono body, no death. I'm just trying to figure out, like, if if this woman who is the mother is the product of this. I mean, like, there has to be other children. But anyway, it's 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 all from Frank. It's all inbreeding because this guy's crazy. What a crazy idea, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like wrong turn times a hundred. Yeah, those tunnels are are really messed up man like uh every yeah everything about it is messed up and again compared to don't breathe where you you see that ending and you're just like what like just in shock of just like who you who one thinks of that and then it's just like you know what we should put that in a movie man it's it's just wild sometimes no yeah it was it's it's so like uh, i i don't want to be so hung up on it. I do want to talk about other stuff, but I just want to make sure I make this clear. So how this all kind of works, I'm assuming with them, is Frank kidnaps a woman, rapes the woman, woman gives birth, and then when, I'm assuming, gives birth to a girl, and then when that girl becomes of age, then Frank rapes that girl, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth, right? Which, again, uh, asks the question, how long, how many generations down has it been going on? Um, yeah, and just just... A lot of different, um, I, I, I guess there's that dark curiosity, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it's horrific to, to, to think about and ask, but I, I mean, it's in a movie. We're talking about it. It's crazy. So then, um, we get more crazy stuff. AJ, who was Justin Long goes down into the, uh, down into the tunnels right being chased by the mother falls into a hole and then surprise there's tessa right yeah and then tessa's in the hole with him and he's just like what the you know what the hell's going on and she's like blah 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 it's called the mother blah blah drink the milk and i'm like what well, what milk <laughs> and then the mom brings the bottle and she hands it and just like i ain't drinking the bottle you know and then tessa just like i'm gonna take it you have to you know she gets all weird you know tessa drinks it and just like i ain't doing this I hate doing this. And the mother character grabs him, takes him out of the out of the uh, out of the pit, and she proceeds. Ooh, baby, she takes him to her pink room, her bedroom, and she forcefully breastfeeds him. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. Oh, god. I made noises. I. Oh my lord! I'm just like, oh no! I yelled no. that for sure. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was hard to watch that, but I, I, Justin Long plays it. It's hilarious. Oh, it's um, awesome! Yeah, I just 
have him. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't be doing it too. No. Uh, by the way, uh, the mother character is played by a man. Uh, this is all a big bodysuit. Uh, the mother character, for people who are listeners view who may have not seen the movie yet, uh, the mother is this, um, well, in, inbred woman, naked, completely naked. Why would they have clothes? In this dark field basement tunnel system. Kind of think of Sons of the Lambs on steroids. And um, think of like the time machine. She's one of the mole people. There you go. And her face is all, it kind of looks like, uh, Kind of looks like, uh, well, uh, what's his name? Hey, you guys from Goonies. Sloth. Chunk. Sloth, thank you. Kind of looks like Sloth in the way with the long hair and the big breast, and it's just, oh, oh, good God. Yeah, so yeah, like like the breastfeeding scene was 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 kind of messed up. But then Tessa, complimenting her like we did in the beginning of the movie, she's smart. Hey, this pit has a cage lid on top of it. It's open. I'm going to get out of the cage. Very smart, right? She walks down the hallway. She sees she's coming up to the pink room. She turns off the flashlight. Very good. Justin Long is just face all up in those breasts. <laughs> right? And she's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Him in, in, like, when he did Tusk as well, too. Yeah. Where it was just so ridiculous um, that... Yeah, so I, I, it, it's funny to me. Kind of This is where I get reminded of, like, Drag Me to Hell... Right. Um, the moments where in that movie, uh, that was the Sam Raimi movie too, where, um, was, oh, the dead gypsy a few times has come out and every time snatches a piece of the girl's hair. Uh, there yeah. was a time when I think she was digging up the body and like <laughs> she got a mouthful of like yeah. crip water or something. Like it was, um, it was gross, but it's just, it's one of those where it's so gross. It's funny because you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so silly, ridiculous. It's slapstick. It is. And what I really wish for Justin Long's career is to continue to have a, a, a blissful, awesome career. But I hope every director that casts him in these kind of movies just does messed up things like this to him. Because it's just funny to see his reaction because he's so honest well, you, you with know, his reactions. It's like akin to like the same release of when I was a kid and I got to see, you know, Will Smith get slimed on the Nick Awards or something. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. it's just it's playful and uh, yeah. he, he does he does it well. Yeah, he plays it well. So Tessa escapes, um, and this is this is kind of real life. I've never experienced it myself. I've heard other people in life experience, but Tessa finally escapes, right? And she uh, she runs into Andre, right, the homeless guy in the street, and he kind of knows the fable, what's going on, and he's like, "Hey, you've got to get out of this neighborhood because at night she's going to come looking for you." She being the mother, who's currently breastfeeding Justin Long. I, I mean, like, you got to get out of here, right? So uh, she she stumbles out of the neighborhood. She runs into this gas station, runs into cops. And you know what? These cops are jerks. They're bad cops. But I, it's kind of believable. This was believable. And again, another part of uh, the frantic female who looks a mess, right. uh, you know, uh, spouting some stuff. Uh, I I get that. Um, I don't it's know. Believable. It's believable. It's, it's it's hard to say, but it's true. I think. Like, yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how Brightmore is. I guess I don't want to speak for it too much. I know it's it's kind of over there by like Redford and by like by Dearborn. So I don't think it's like Detroit cops. You know, I think right. they they might have have their own. But either way, like I understand that the situation, or at least what they're made to believe, is that here's this kind of woman with no ID, no phone. You know, no nothing to her name. Looks dirty. Looks like she's been sleeping on the street. Saying, "Hey, you gotta get in this house. You gotta get in this house." And she's like, "Lady, I'm not gonna get in this house." You know, like you have no idea, no proof, you know, that this is an Airbnb that you rented. You know, you don't have the key. You're asking us to break into this house for you. Like, no, we're not. Well, yeah, because the cop said one thing that I thought was kind of clever. He said, "The only thing I see that's that's a crime is that basement window that you busted." Be lucky we're not taking you downtown and let you sleep it off. So they already think that she's high on something. It's that's it's rough, but like that seems pretty realistic. It uh, does. We were joking about how um, how fast the police would get there if you called them because it. I I think someone had timed it to over an hour, like two hours or something like that. Well, dude, like earlier in the movie, uh, right? Maybe when she probably first... longer than that. I might be generous with that guess. 
when she first runs into Andre in the beginning of the movie, right? Um, the day after the first day, uh, the, the lady, the dispatch lady is like, now we're not going to send anybody, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so at, at this point, uh, Justin Long is, uh, running away from the mom in the, in the, in the caves and he stumbles upon this bell and this, and this bell has these uh, wires going great, great distances up to a door and the mom stops. He sees the mom, creepy scene with your cell phone, right, with the flashlight. Mom sees him. She stops. She won't go to that door. So the first thought in my head is, is that where all the children are? Or is Frank still alive? Great What's visual, going on? By the way. Oh, what, of the mom? Uh, yeah, for doing the creepy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's creepy. Yeah, it, it really is. Her just kind of, you know, the soft glow of her, and then she... Kind of uh, creeping back. So yeah, he goes in and uh, to the the room that I'm sure is just ugh. Oh, there's Frank, right? Frank built himself a little room. He's on a hospital bed. There's a TV there, and he can't talk, right? And if you saw see the makeup, I don't know if it's old age, but his neck looked like it was rolled on top of each other. I don't know if he. I mean, like, there's a lot of questions here. Like you're gonna sit here and tell me that after years and years of raping and, and incest. There was that one incest kid that was like, Hey, let's kill this guy. You know, like, so I don't know if he suffered damage. Justin Long was acting. The place stinks. Right. And Justin Long finds all these videotapes and he plays a videotape and we don't see anything, which I think is a good choice from the director. Right. We don't want to see it, but I we hear see it. That. Yeah. But Justin Long is watching videotapes of this guy raping women. So he puts two and two together. While Justin Long is watching this video, Frank grabs himself a pistol and shoots himself in the head. Guy dead. I don't want to go on for another hour with this review, Eric, but this is the part where I do have thousands of questions. How long has this been going on? How many children have been there? Why did Frank build these caves if he did it all? Did he buy this house and stumble upon these caves? Um, why did he build this room back there? How can a person like the mom survive all these years, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. Andre says that she's been living in that house for 40 years. So I'm assuming she's 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, just all these questions. Anyway, Tessa goes down. Go ahead. No, uh, uh, so you're right. We we get that. Uh, he gets a gun. Um, AJ gets a gun, and he's he's out. He's, he's running out. Uh, he's out, yeah. At the same part, Tess goes back in, right? Yeah, she breaks in. She she throws a rock to the front door because she's trying to save AJ. Justin Wong. Fuck it, she's over it, right? So excuse right. me, but you know, it's just at this point, like, all right, then cops aren't believing me. You know, life has been threatened a few different times here. I gotta get in the house. Might as well just break this. I'm over it. Right. Uh, goes down there. Wait. Also, I think we skipped over a scene, but I think there's a part where it gets dark out and mom or the mother runs out and she runs the mom over with the car and pins her. That's right. Right. And pins her against the house. And then she breaks the window, goes downstairs to the basement, just along, sees somebody shoots, shoots Tessa like in the side, like in the stomach, right? Kind of right. knocks her, right? And then takes her out, right? Mom's gone. Mom's not pinned anymore. I'm like, where's this movie going at this point? Like, how much more is this going to go? Like, not being frustrated of time, just like, where are they going to go with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Andre comes in. He's like, follow me, everybody. Follow me. You're safe, you know. So then they're in this little warehouse. And he tells us the backstory that we have already told everybody listening to this episode. The history of this house, the fable. So your question about the survival. Andre also says that she comes out at night. But remember, and he's like, I've been here for 15 years. And she doesn't, she don't ever come around here. Well. So, but she does. And this is where I think um, it, it was her on the door, too, is that she does come up at night. Right. To do what? To walk around the neighborhood to find victims? Because... Take a shower, Jordan. Like, I, you know, get some food. Uh, right. You know, do, do whatever um, underdwelling folk do. Do whatever chuds do. Now, you brought it up earlier, too, and we were m mocking the, the breastfeeding scene. But the reason why this, 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 this mom is like this is because she just wants children. And she thinks Tessa and Justin Long are her children. That's the whole point of this, right? Yeah. So I don't know. There's tons of questions. So uh, as soon as Andre says, she's been I've been here for 15 years, nothing happens, she breaks through the wall in a comedic part, rips off his arm, and beats him to death with it. Arm. Yeah. That's 
awesome just rips off his arm and beats him to death like this is this is the point where the movie's getting crazy right i'm just like okay and they run away and they climb up this big water tower right and this is the moment right because the mom's walking up behind him too right and justin long has the gun she's like you have a gun dude like tesla says that and he fumbles with the gun and the gun falls and this this is the moment that i know that justin's long character raped that woman this is this is the moment that i know that he did it and he viciously did it right there was no oh man she said no but then i kind of persuade her this tells me because he grabs tessa by the top of her head and he says come get your child to the mother and pushes tessa off the top of the water tower and then the mother jumps after tessa it grabs her to pretty much help tessa soften her blow right is that the moment it's true. Well, the because the, the comedy of it is that moments before he was around the campfire talking about how he's this this reformed character. Oh yeah, dude, I remember that. Yeah, dude, because he was talking to Andre, and he had this moment. Of, he was crying too. He's like, "Am I really a bad guy, or am I a good person that did something bad? I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna make things right." And then the mom kills Andre. But do you agree with me, Eric, on that part? Do you agree that this is the moment where this tells the audience that 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 AJ did rape that character? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you got yeah. this viciously. His, yeah, his true colors yeah. here, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you you most certainly got to to see that. Um, but I, I think it was telling kind of before, you know, like when he was, I don't know, seeing hidden rape areas in his house, and he gets the the tape measure. Yeah, no, the tape, we didn't, we didn't go over it. Instead of that, it looks yeah. for the value of it, the bonus value of the house, rather than any sort of research that he does with it instead. Right. He, he, you don't freak out about cages you see in the basement at all, right? You don't, you don't, you don't freak out with cages you see in the basement, but no. you, but you tape measure. So anyway, so, um, but Justin Long goes downstairs and goes from the water tower and he sees that Tessa is laying on top of mother and, uh, up clearly to soften the blow. And, she wakes up tessa wakes up right and then uh he's just like oh my god you're alive and then changes the story right changes the story he's like okay so what happened was this like I, I i didn't push you you fell that's what happened and then mother gets up gross dude i love this she gets her long disgusting cave dweller nails into his eyes i have never seen a movie by the way a horror movie where it shows the squishiness of the whites in the eyes being popped out too like oozing out that was gross i love that uh lost ark not like that i mean that looked real dude that looked like that looked like that looked good it was yeah it was pretty it looked good (laughs) i mean we've seen it but it looked good and then she rips his head apart great scene right and then uh, there's Tesla laying the ground, and there's a gun there. And then, you know, the mom's trying to save baby, baby. And Tesla puts a gun to her face. And I think I, I think this is when the mom knows what's going to happen. So she kisses her lips, puts it on top of Tesla's forehead, and Tesla pulls the trigger. Credits. Yeah, right? that was a good way to end it. Good way to end it. So let's end it with a popcorn rating. I'll go first. I'll make it quick. Okay. This is probably my favorite film of the year. This is really good. Like, this is really, I was surprised by this. This is, this is a large bag with so much butter. I mean, like your <laughs> arteries are being clogged with every kernel that you eat. Like, this is great. What a great movie to come off of some crappy movies we reviewed with Halloween Ends and Clerks 3. Like, this is really good. This was something, if you are a horror fan, this is great. I, we reviewed it before. A uh, long time ago in our in our eight years, but I said that It Follows was the best. I think this is the next It Follows. Like, it's really good. It's dark. It's creepy. You have no idea what's going on. The story is crazy. It gets ridiculous at the end, but I think this is the point of the movie where you, uh, where you earn the craziness, where you earn the head ripping off. Um, I really think that every single actor in this movie did a good job. And this movie asks you and asks you and asks you to pay attention. And I'm glad I did. This movie's a large bag. This is a great movie. So, Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Barbarian? Uh, I I might have to agree. I was I was toying if I was going to give it a medium or large. I think it's. I just enjoyed it, man. Like I, I, I this is the the kind of the the bonus of going into a movie cold, is that you get really you know, um, I guess hit by it and when you like it you like it i I did too i had a good time with this movie i would have liked it 
better if there was, I guess, more of the tunnels underneath. But again, save it for the sequel. Uh, it leaves it open for, for a lot more. And I would like to, to see a lot more. I had a lot of fun with it. So I'll probably agree with you and give it the same. Yeah, it's a large bag. This is a great movie. It's a really yeah, great movie. It, it it really was. It was uh, it was fun. I, I would like to see more like this. I, it was again like between this and like Smile. I think they were both just fun. Um, men not so much. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you can't all be winners. Um, and there's been some other ones in there that we need to. What, what else did we? Oh, like bodies, bodies, bodies. Like that was that was a fun one. Like that was different. You know, at least for the ending. Right. It was different for the ending, and we've. We... I'm 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 becoming more hopeful as as this young new wave of horror is going on. Like there's there's things that are going on, and I'm I'm really enjoying what they're doing. What else did we get so. this year? Did did uh, Malignant come out this year? No, that was last year's review, buddy. That was last year. Yeah. Well, let's make two quick announcements before we close close out the show. The uh, first quick announcement is that when you tune in next Thursday after our review of Barbarian, we don't usually announce it, but it's a special episode. It is our end of year of love retrospective series episode with Sarah. We're going to be going after, we're going to be reviewing all the films that we talked about for this year of love and our best to worst list. So look out for that episode next Thursday. And also it is November. That means we're getting ready for the movie guys podcast awards, our eighth annual. So Thanksgiving day, if you go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com, if you click on the awards tab, you'll be able to cast your vote from Thanksgiving day all the way to Christmas Day. You got a whole month to vote for your films. And since this movie did not come out in December, that means we get to put it on the Movie Guys Awards. So <laughs> vote for Barbarian as best film because we both gave it a large, which means it'll be probably nominated. So, like I said before, check us out on Movie Guys Podcast at poppy.com. Check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts from, we are on, and we'll be back next Thursday for the Year of Love Retrospective Series episode. Eric, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.